0: I'm James Hayes and you're very welcome to episode 3 of the Sideline Cut podcast. On this week's podcast, we take a look back at all the weekend's Premier League action. Big wins for City, United, but Liverpool keep on winning. In rugby, mixed results for the Irish provinces in Heineken Cup action. We'll go through all of them and what they need to do to get through to the next round. In GAA, we're still in pre-season competition mode with McKenna Cup action, FBD League action in Connacht and Walsh Cup action in uh, Leinster Hurling. Fitzgibbon Cup and Sigerson Cup both got underway in colleges hurling and football, while there were big wins for Limerick in hurling and football in the Munster League and McGrath Cup. We will also preview this weekend's club hurling and football finals. Loads more to come. Dylan will be here to test our knowledge with our sports quiz bamboozled. Joe will take us down memory lane with our story of the week from the annals of world sport and we'll finish as always with our sports prediction competition where you the listener get to pitch your wits against our experts in take five. Remember to check us out across all our social media at sideline underscore cut on Twitter and Instagram and at the sideline cut on Facebook or you can email us with any issues, correspondence or topics you'd like to discuss on sport at the sideline Joe and Dylan, as always, are here with me. How are you, lads?
1: Not too what bad, you now.
0: I know that we got through the introduction. <laughs> yeah, first try. Yeah, yeah, first try, as always. Um, big weekend of GA action. I know it's all uh, pre-season stuff, so I don't know how many, how much of the teams are taking them seriously. Um, we'll go through all that down the line. Limerick, I suppose, will be happy with... Uh, with uh, 2 wins from 2 in, in both of their pre-season competitions a huge shock against Cork in the football I'm sure Um, football Joey, you go got on through the Premier League stuff for us
2: I will quite happily James um, well, I suppose the biggest game of last weekend had to be Spurs against Liverpool and Liverpool came out 1-0 winners not the best game to watch and realistically Spurs had a couple of chances later on they could have nicked a draw very very easily um, other than that big win for Man United. Not in terms of the importance of the occasion, but in terms of the scoreline. Norwich look fairly desolate at the moment. They look, you know, they have great intentions, but they seem a little underprepared for the Premier League. Um, other than that, Chelsea as well, 3 0 win. Man City made absolute bits of Aston Villa. It was it was kind of rough
0: to watch, to be honest. it was. Yeah, I, we were talking about this before we came on. Uh, I mean, are City back to their best? <sighs>
2: mm. I want to say no, because they can do better, but at the same time, I don't think they really... Like, they never slipped to a standard that you'd consider poor, or average even. They're just...
0: This time last year. Yeah,
2: they're they're being compared to their team of last season and the season before, which are the two best league seasons any team has put down in England, so... Well, you can't maintain that standard It's not
0: possible From this stage last year Both Liverpool and City Went on and won Pretty much all Every their games. one of their remaining games If City were to do the same Did Liverpool slip up enough? No No?
2: I don't think so no Fairly, I think co- fairly I was, confident Given you're a Liverpool fan I was life. looking at the league table there So Man City have 16 games to play Right So they can get a maximum Of What's that 48 points? that could bring them to 95, right. which would mean Liverpool need 35 points to guarantee winning the league title. So they can afford to lose five games.
0: And still win the title. And
2: still win the title, and yeah. So, But I think City also have Laporte coming back soon. I think I saw some footage of him back in training. Um, and I think, to be honest, Man City are going to be aiming more towards next season in the league. As long as they take second place in the league this season, they're going to want Champions League and then they're going to look at the league again next season but I
0: was laughing at a at match of the day um, last night they were going through the bloopers and little things that stuck out for them all we, all weekend and one of them was um, when Aston Villa scored the penalty at the very end Aguero threw his hands off the ground and threw a little bit of a strop and Gary Lineker made the comment that um, uh, he must have had the the goalkeeper in goal for his fantasy team. Must have, yeah. But Cost him his clean sheet. Which <laughs> <laughs> is one of those things, you know. Yeah, um,
2: Guero definitely worth a mention there because yeah. uh, with his hat trick, he is he now has the most hat tricks in Premier League football when past Alan Shearer, and he's the top scoring foreign player in the Premier League when past Thierry Henry. So definitely entering that conversation to be who's, considered who's as the best. he behind
0: overall in, in scoring? Uh,
2: I think he's fifth, so that would put him behind Shearer, Andy Cole. Wayne Rooney and I think he might be level with Frank Lampard now what's he on 177 just an
0: incredible player brilliant just an absolute goal machine when you think that he's had to share the starting job with Jesus for a couple of years now
2: yeah and I mean even there was a couple of seasons there remember the year they had Negredo and then there was Dzeko and he's he's obviously had his injury problems but Mm. it's easy to forget about his injury problems when there hasn't been a betting in period when he comes back from injury he comes back and he scores consistently it's a very very impressive yeah um. I think elsewhere in the league it's uh, I think VAR reared its head again in the Friday night game yeah what, what, what do
0: you make of the Declan Rice handball decision
2: um, I think it's very very harsh on him because I think the ball is headed at his hand from what a foot away two yeah. players pretty much at full sprint you can't call that an unnatural position for his arm
0: well, I think it's 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 laughable that you have a situation where there's now two different handball rules. Like there's the if it hits your hand and you can't do anything about it or if it's in a natural position, but the second rule is that if it hits your hand in any way shape form as an attacker and it leads to a goal. Yeah, if it's linked to a goal it's you know, different. It's it's so, very
2: awkward and I think uh, I you know, I just find it very harsh. Like that one in particular on Declan Rice, like he's he's running through, he's in a 50-50 tackle. It collides with his hand and it breaks into his path. Like he still has to take takes two or three more touches, plays the pass, and I think it was Rob Snodgrass, had to put it in.
0: Yeah, it, it can be called harsh. I suppose it's it's the same for everyone, no matter how bad we think VAR is. It is like this this whole goal's been disallowed for toenails being offside. Like it's um,
2: There'll need to be some adjustment to the offside one, right, whether it's yeah, it's just allowing a certain margin of error or I also heard some people mention the possibility of appeals. That each team gets Whatever Two appeals in a game Or one per half Yeah And then if you're If you're wrong You lose that appeal yeah, But we, take, we take. saw the good side Of EAR as well With the Aubameyang tackle
0: When Arsenal drew
2: Away at Palace
0: Yeah I don't think it was any malice it was Not malice
2: It was just a very Bad tackle Like uh, in an almost Uncoordinated way it was uh, A striker's, striker's tackle. tackle Exactly <laughs> Exactly It was yeah. It was a nasty one on Max what, Meyer.
0: Whether he meant it or not, a or weather design analysis, he could have seriously hurt him, you know.
2: Oh, when you look at the still, I thought his yeah. ankle was broken. It looks yeah. like it's just snapped completely. You could see the ankle go down to the ground.
0: But well maybe maybe just limiting VAR to goal decisions might be the way as well. You know, like
2: Maybe. Well I think no matter what, there's going to be issues with it. Especially we have to remember it's the first season. Yeah, gonna And everything you do, they do wrong or everything that's been questionable is going to be right in the spotlight. Yep. So there's always going to be some teething problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's hard for them to just get it right immediately. But I think they need to use the pitch side monitors more. And something needs to be done about the offside, whether it's allowing a margin of error.
0: Well, look, it, th- talking about the pitch side monitors, I mean... It's still someone that knows the rules of the game making a decision, no matter where they're looking at the screen. So like the pitch side monitor, like we're already giving out about how much it's slowing down the game. The pitch side monitor is still going to slow it down, if not even by a little bit more. Because it will
2: still slow down the game, but I don't think it'll slow it down by more. And the reason I personally would think it's a bit better is because if a referee sees a tackle or a challenge of some kind and he thinks, right... I'm going to let that go because either I think he might have touched the ball or I think he hasn't made contact. He knows in his head why he hasn't or has given something. He can go over to the monitor and see, oh, I was wrong about that. Changes mind pretty much straight away. It won't take 15 seconds of him looking at it, Allow him to run across the pitch as well, probably another 15.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of work to be done. I think it's me.
2: easier when it's the one person making the decision. There's a, And there's he can look at the replay and he can think, oh, I was wrong because of that. I thought... Say he touched the ball or I thought he went in higher than you know, something he yeah. knows what. I don't know which I don't know was. myself
0: which is right or wrong. I think there's a lot of work to be done to make VR actually work. Um agreed. Back to Premier League, I suppose um, the game of the weekend this weekend and not because both teams are flying in Renton, but just because the history is probably Liverpool versus United.
2: Yeah, I think it's always going to be the biggest game. Whatever weekend Liverpool play United, it's always the biggest game yeah. in the league. It's just such a it's not even a rivalry, it's a hatred. Like, I, I yeah. remember growing up, obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I just hated United so passionately. I still do to this day as well. I mutual draw. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, I understand. But, um, yeah, it's always going to have that intensity. Like, if there's one game you don't want to lose in the year. Now, I suppose for fans living in the locality, the local derby probably means more to them, like yeah. Liverpool, Everton or United City. But I remember growing up, obviously, all the other lads in your class would be either Liverpool or Man United fans. That was the one you yeah. didn't want to lose. That was the one everyone kept an eye out for. And the fact that United are the only team to take points off Liverpool.
0: Yeah. Any chance of an upset?
1: <sighs> always. I'm sure you can afford to lose five, so you might as well lose one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, there's
2: always a chance of an upset, especially the way United are playing very well in big games. When I mean, you saw the way they were when they went away to Man City. They blitzed them. There's not many teams have blitzed Man City. Not in the last four years.
0: I think the one the one fear for any team playing Liverpool at the moment is to concede early because they're just so good yeah. at holding the ball. Like you just starve the possession and just, you know, so
2: I also think I don't I, I think this Liverpool team is probably more capable of handling the occasion than teams of previous years and I think Klopp will outwit Solskjaer a little bit in this one.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt he's more experienced anyway, and, and the Liverpool players have become accustomed to winning big games and winning trophies. Exactly, and, and at Anfield stuff. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident. quietly anyway.
2: confident of Liverpool winning, but there's also, like, you just hate losing to United more than anything, and there's always a possibility.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's in your head now every week that, like, oh, this winning run can't stay, that they've got to eventually lose one. It has
2: to stop sometime. In, in theory. I'd
0: prefer to lose to Norwich or someone than lose to United. Oh, 100%. Today know Anyone I'd gladly else. take one of those losses on the chin. I'd rather um,
2: lose to Everton or Man City than lose to Man United. Jesus
0: Um in Premier League, any other uh, games that stick out this weekend?
2: Um not really to be honest. I mean obviously Man City are playing are gonna try and play catch up and hope that Liverpool drop points. Uh Southampton and Watford both gonna look to continue their good form. You know, Watford have Spurs so if they can win that, that'll be a big statement. There's they yeah. tried to move up the table. Just got out of the relegation zone. Uh, Leicester looked to bounce back as they play Burnley. They had a disappointing loss to Southampton there at the weekend. And Arsenal are going to have to try and get three points against Sheffield United, which is going to be very awkward. And there's a relegation six-pointer there with Norwich and Bournemouth.
0: Yeah, speaking about Norwich, I mean, like, they're going pathetically bad, let's be honest, right? But at least yeah. it's it's been quite good for... for Adam Ida, you know.
2: Yeah, I started there against United for um, Premier League start. He's, he's hardly got a kick, to be honest. Today. He?
0: Yeah, he's played in his last played in our last three games. You know, like. Good for his progress, but I Ar- think. Good for Irish football as well.
2: I think it could be better for him if they do go down. Because they're going to sell, Pookie. You'd assume if they go down, because he's done fairly well, and he has a chance then to try and shine the championship. Yeah. Which is a level that he's probably more suited to right now.
0: Yeah, well, he's still on young for so. Yeah,
2: exactly. So that would that could be a Loan great time. Learning curve it'd for be
0: great to see him get ten or fifteen more games under his belt at Premier League level now before. Oh yeah, the end of the season and but and see kind how that of goes. in a
2: slightly doomed team right now. It looks like. Yeah. They remind me of Huddersfield last year. They have the best of intentions, try to play great football, but they're they're just not quite there to cut it in the Premier League. Yeah,
0: Bournemouth had a bad run though. I mean, might be him to get his uh, his first Premier League goal. Yeah. Next weekend, you know. Maybe it'd
2: be nice, especially
0: at home. Yeah.
2: Because playing at Old Trafford, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think Dylan had a lovely stat for us there. What was it? The last Irish player to score against United at Old Trafford? Damien Duff. Yeah, and the two of us guessed John O'Shea with an own goal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not too far wrong. Probably not. Oh, yeah, so Speaking we, like it was United a nice there. chance for him. It'll be easy, interesting to see what United team they play uh, against Wolves in the FA Cup on Wednesday. Yeah, mm-hmm. that will be interesting.
2: Because a big chance for United to get a trophy, which would be, that would take a lot of the pressure off sure but also. It's Liverpool at the weekend, and as much as Liverpool don't want to lose it, United won't want to lose it either. Yeah, I
0: think I think he'll have a certain amount of leeway, considering how Liverpool are playing, though. I mean, like it won't be one of those that he'll be ridiculed for if they lose. No, if they lose by five or six, he'll be ridiculed. But, you know, yeah, he has a certain amount of leeway, probably for the first time ever for United manager against Liverpool.
2: But it's also a big opportunity, if he's the one that ends Liverpool's run by a fact, w- winning yeah. at
0: Anfield... And like we said, he, that he, earns him six months more in the job. I'd say in in the in the previous game at Old Trafford this season, like he found a way of getting at Liverpool. Yeah, that, made it. That no other team has managed so far this year, you know. So, um, moving on, I suppose a uh, Spanish Super Cup, a little bit of controversy over there. Yeah, I
2: found this thoroughly enjoyable. So the um, Spanish Super Cup final was on playing it in Saudi Arabia because they reformatted the whole thing. So it's four teams and it's on in January now And so it's on in Saudi Arabia
0: So for, just for anyone who doesn't know The Spanish Super Cup is basically the, the charity shield
2: Yeah pretty much It used to be the winners of the league Against the winners of the Spanish Cup The Copa del Rey But this year they've changed it to First and second in the cup And first and second in the league um, Barcelona obviously were in the cup final And they won the league last year So Real Madrid were the fourth team Because they came third in the league Two semi finals, and it was Real against Atletico in the final. Nil nil. You'd say a battle of attrition, more than anything. 114 minutes on the clock. Atletico Madrid counterattack. attack. through threw one on one, and Madrid's defender, Federico Valverde, hacked him down. Not even an attempt at getting the ball. He was never going to get it. He had no qualms at a red card, just took him down. Um, yeah, it's just enjoyable there was handbags afterwards I think there was three or four more yellow cards dished out then Carvajal and Stefan Savage both got booked but uh, even Simeone despite the fact that it in the end cost his team the title you could see he appreciated what had been done right. just an absolutely cynical last man foul
0: ended up what going to penalties and went to penalties yeah, and Real
2: won it in the end Courtois made a couple of good saves mm, very good but yeah just a, a nice moment of good old fashioned cynical defending Put his yeah. team ahead of himself as well.
0: Sunday league football.
2: Oh, yeah. At its <laughs> best. <laughs> you, you could see he goes for Morata's left foot and he covers himself by taking the right foot afterwards okay. as well
1: in case he missed. Like Morata was going down one way or another. Yeah. It's interesting there. Uh, Zidane has never lost as a manager in a final for with Real Madrid. Yeah, he's got a ridiculous record it's as like a manager. Nine from nine or something like yeah.
2: that. And he already has, what, three European Cups? He's already level with Paisley and Ancelotti for the most ever. Yeah, I mean he's won more European Cups than Guardiola.
0: Mad going on together. insane record. Yeah.
2: Yeah, That was just a little bit of a shithousery there in the Madrid derby out in Saudi yeah. Arabia.
0: Always nice to see.
2: It is, isn't it? It's brilliant. <laughs> nice bit of cynicism.
0: Just uh, before we move on from uh, from football, Um see Jason Knight scored again for derby over the weekend. He did, yeah. A, it was a crosser I, shot. Yeah, now a I heard it mm-hmm. been uh, described as fortuitous, so it may have been a cross, but...
1: They seem to be a big fan of him down there. Lampard and Rooney have both come out saying that he's a, an exciting young talent. Yeah, so. good. Is a midfielder as well, is he? He's a midfielder, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to see, like, take... Midfielder either. with three, three goals in his debut season. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad.
2: They oh. speak highly of him down there, yeah, right? Yeah. I haven't seen a whole pile of him, but... He's a good player. Read a couple of interviews about him and stuff. And yeah. They yeah. seem very
0: hopeful. Look, we're speaking about it every week. It's it's good to see Irish youth starting to come through. Um, and look, with, with Stephen Kenny coming into the next year let's um let's hope it keeps up and we get a few more out of it fingers crossed uh, moving on to GA uh, we'll, we'll have a look at the um, the club finals there in a while Um, McGrath Cup and Munster Hurling League two pre-season competitions both being played between Limerick and Cork and uh, Limerick winning both of them I think uh, everyone would have expected Limerick to win the Hurling uh, which they did so by a margin of 15 points um the football is probably a shock I think uh, I read was it 2005 the last time Limerick won a McGrath Cup and probably the last time they beat Cork in, in any sort of football game um, yeah first in 15 years that they
1: won the McGrath Cup uh, Danny Neville with 7 points so uh, I don't know I didn't see the game now myself so I don't know if they played well or if Cork played poorly but uh, any kind of a victory like that is a, is a good one to have
0: yeah, I think Limerick, Limerick had a good old league um, last year as well, so maybe they're coming coming of age. Maybe mm. it's uh, it's time for another. It's always good to
1: have something like that morale, will big boost going into the league now. Um,
0: and a four point like it in Munster, we know uh, as to very I mean, It's it's always nice to get a a victory over a Corker Kerry in in football. In football you know, especially, it's, yeah. like it's what you're continuously measured against, and like it doesn't count unless you you're beating one of those. So, um,
1: no, and then the hurlers in they won their second Munster League in uh, three seasons. So they'll be happy enough for that. I think it was a week enough either, Cork side to Cork put out, but again, morale. Uh, Limerick played tip in Turles on the 25th and first game of the league. First so game of the
0: league. We're ju- I was just saying, like, you're looking at a situation where Limerick come out, there's been a bit of, you know, news around Limerick. during the papers for the bad reasons. Yeah, Limerick, GA, uh, in general, and then the hurling team Having, you know, a few players getting themselves in a little bit of bother. so it's nice to see him put it all to rest and actually let their hurling do a talking for a change, you know. Um, obviously a point to prove after getting knocked out of the championship at the at the semi-final stage last year. So, um,
1: yeah, again, I don't know how serious the teams are taking this, but uh, it'll be good for morale there for Limerick facing Tip and Turles, as you said.
0: Well, you'd have to imagine that both Limerick and Tip like. All Ireland champions versus Monster champions and League champions. Like neither of them is going to want to lose the first game in the league because no, again you're on the back foot straight away. So that could be one of those ones where you've got um, two f- as full of strength as possible sides out. We might uh, uh, we might make an appearance down there ourselves that day.
1: Might uh, tip? I don't know. Will the boys play? Dan and Brendan.
0: Two weeks. Well, a week after the um, the club final. Yeah. Maybe not, but you'll, you'll have pretty much everyone else.
1: You'd Imagine, yeah, and sure, Limerick are down two lads with injuries. Pat Rain and someone else there, yeah, out
0: for six or seven weeks. Shane Downing is out as well, yeah.
1: Out they're going to miss the whole league campaign, so uh, no, it'll be interesting. Car play Watford, then below Watford on the Sunday, so see how that goes as well.
0: Very good, very good. Um, up north in the McKenna Cup, Tyrone beat down by nine points in one semi final, and then Donegal had to give a walkover to Monaghan. Um, just ended 13 players in Sigerson Cup action over the weekend. Hmm. So um, give it that'll be a, a final next week with Tyrone playing Monaghan. Um, in the FBD league, Galway beat Mayo on penalties. Uh, Galway were six points down with even minutes to go going into injury time, uh, and came back to draw and won the game on penalties. First of the football penalty shootouts I've heard of. I'm not sure was there another one over the last couple of years, but um,
2: you don't hear him too often anyway. No, it's strange not off the top one. Of my head.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things I think in these league competitions, it's it's penalty shootouts to stop extra time and replays, and just because it's a preseason yeah. competition, you know. I suppose the big uh, the big scoreline of the weekend was a uh, Ross Common scoring seven sixteen against Leitrim.
1: Leitrim only scoring seven points.
0: Yeah, seven <laughs> sixteen in a football match.
2: No
1: need for that. Like, yeah, there must have been some like, wind. There must been
0: some wind. Yeah. Is it a statement of intent by Roscommon or are Leitrim? Just were they a one hit wonder last year? You know, like Leitrim winning. Or getting to a Division 4 final Having a run of results Roscommon are champions obviously But uh, You know
1: Yeah maybe yeah Roscommon there we want to Get the The finger out I suppose And just Drove it on Yeah,
0: yeah. Just Common and Galway there next week In the FPD League final In the Walsh Cup a Very close game between Galway and Dublin Galway winning by a point for a finish um, Again Half strength sides out Nothing really Not really major I suppose Wexford kept up their winning record in Leinster, beating Kilkenny on a scoreline of two eighteen to 1-9. Um, Kilkenny never like losing, but you don't ever imagine seeing Kilkenny lose by that 10-12 points to anyone, never mind.
1: No, I was sure then you see Ballyhaler in the club finals. Yeah, you're missing weekend, a few players. So you're missing some of your best players there. So um,
0: You'll still Galway versus Wexford next week, and it'll probably be Davey. Davey's going to be going, going home to win it anyway and Wexford probably have a point to prove having like we, we spoke about it last week as well they should have beat Tipperary in the in the semi-final last year and they'll be going all out to retain their Leinster title so um, couple of bits and pieces of other news like just looking at some of the stats from the Fitzgibbon Cup over the weekend first round of games not knockout it's gone to group stages so like DCU beat UL but the big thing was Two players, fifteen points for uh, Keane Darcy for UL Tipperary youngster and Donald Burke of Kildare scored thirteen points for DCU. Um, it's kind of a, all about the free takers in the Fiskerman Cup this weekend with lots of players scoring high numbers themselves. Most of it coming from place ball. I um, don't think there's anything else there. I suppose moving on to the the club championship finals this Sunday in Croker.
1: Mm. I'll be there.
0: I bet you will. How are um How are they all above in Boris
1: Uh, go- going well. No, so I heard. Anyways, uh, they had an all run through there. I think was it? the other day above in Crow Park they were taken up there. So just to get a sense, I suppose of the dressing rooms and the training area and all that kind of stuff. because
0: it can be, it can. I wouldn't know myself now, but it can be pretty daunting, I suppose, for for club oh, players imagine. I I imagine imagine so. going, going into Crow Park where you're used to literally just sitting there cheering on your county. Um obviously it'll it's it's bare the Brendan and, and Dan, it's it's everyone else's um probably first time playing up there. Any of them any any of them have a minor experience? Uh
1: Brendan, Dan, Paddy would be there as well. Yeah. Paddy Saint.
0: Um What do you reckon? Uh Boris's chances of beating a sensational, let's call it nothing else, a sensational baddy hail
1: Probably the best club. Uh, hurling club of all time Uh, but I fancy Boris just from talking to the lads they seem confident they seem sure themselves um, I don't know there's just there's something about them they don't fear they like, have no fear they don't fear going up to Ballyhale um, I don't know could be good and like Boris have the players into mark Ballyhale's best lads you know Brendan will probably pick up TJ or Dan will pick up TJ Um, Paddy will probably take on uh, conan fenley so do you, know, it's, do you know it'll be interesting very interesting game I, I i i genuinely believe that they could get a result there
0: well i don't i don't think there'll be anything more than a couple of points in it either which way you know um history is probably on boris's side like the last time they met it this far 33 years ago they won yeah um there's been no back-to-back winners of the the hurling club final in, in a long long time like history is somewhat under in their favour and I mean and I don't mean any disrespect to Boris Lee but like a little bit of bad weather might be uh, might be in their favour as well to slow down the likes of TJ Reid and Colin Fennelly you know
1: uh, possibly yeah the Boris lads like it when you know the to- the going gets tough um, they're well able to they're well able to hurl but they're well able to yeah. dog it out too so uh, no it should be it should be a brilliant game hopefully please God um, Boris can do it
0: very good. Um, also, we've got Coraffin and Kilcoo. Um, Coraffin looking for three in a row. Kilcoo first all Ireland final. Um, Mickey Moran has two already, which or has reached two all Ireland finals with Schlockneil and he's back in with Kilcoo now, looking for a looking for another. You know, so um, I suppose Corriffin will be hot favourites for that. But
1: yeah, Kil Kilku had a good victory there the last day against Ballyboden, so
0: yeah they'll fancy their chances they again again, like the Boris lads they'll be fearless
1: yeah exactly Yeah, and should, sh- there should be two, two good games there so they should um, in Crow Park on Sunday
0: very good and you'll be giving us updates on oh. our social media channels while you're up there I suppose I don't know will the phone if, work if, up there <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get too nervous <laughs> oh, Jordan
1: Jesus could be good now alright yeah but, um, uh, the, the games are on the telly anyways you can keep up with it on, on RT or, I'm sure
0: uh, next week's episode of the Sideline Cut Podcast may be delayed by a couple of days if Boris win because we might not be able to find uh. Dylan for a few days.
1: <laughs> you mightn't find me till January. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's gonna be some celebrations up there. Uh obviously best of luck to to all teams involved. Um next we we'll move on to Rugby. Um I was speaking as a as a very, very disappointed monster man. Um not the best of weekends. Good performance by Munster, Um, but it's a a bit like Connacht at this stage where they're sick of putting in good performances and learning lessons when they're not getting the results out of it. Um, A loss to Racing pretty much ending their European Heineken Cup uh, journey for the year. Now, still have a chance to qualify, but (laughs) we want three of four teams to lose next weekend and Munster have to get a bonus point win at home to Ospreys, um, Saracens, Gloucester, Glasgow, and Northampton. Any three of those four uh, to lose, and and Munster a bonus point, and they'll still qualify. Which are sure.
2: straightforward enough for you? Yeah, too. yeah,
0: easy, easy. Um, I suppose watching the game yesterday, like they left it all out there. They're missing a few in Joey and Tyler and uh, a few more, you know. But like. Gave it everything, played well in parts, defended like demons, but Rassing just had that little bit too much firepower for them.
2: They seemed to run out of steam, and yeah, I think that, that try really knocked it out of them as well.
0: Yeah, I think it, they were there, thereabouts at a couple of bits and pieces where like they never got the bounce of the ball, um, bar the Conway one. I mean, yeah, if Conway hadn't intercepted that ball, that was a, a Rassing try written all over it, and it was a big swing at the time. Um, Teddy Tomic just. That finish in the corner, just incredible. Know how he's, we did it! Like he just loves playing against Irish teams. He's like he's, he's constantly scoring. But that at the time, Munster two points up, um, Racing scored the scored the try in the corner, and I think it just it finished the game for Munster. They were just I think so, after yeah. giving it everything, it was just like a kick in the teeth for them. And
2: yeah, I think they were kind of they were you could tell they were holding on at that point. They were two yeah. points up, and then when that went in, it was just
0: yeah. It was it, the, the the tries that came after that were just. You know, they just compounded the misery. Yeah, there were really. soccer punches, but I think the game was already over yeah. in the Munster players' heads. That was what killed it. Um, we keep speaking about Leinster and just just how good they are. I mean, Leon came over with, with their second team and Leinster put up a 28-point win on them. Yeah, um, 42 points to 14, I think, for a finish. Um, Leinster qualified, I suppose. The only thing is there's five teams qualified already. None of them have actually guaranteed a num- uh, a home seed. So every one of them are all going out next weekend. And this is probably what gives Munster a small, small chance, is that all of these teams have to go out and win to get a, a home quarterfinal. So, um yeah, Leinster can become only the second team to, to get 29 points in the group stages. Um, the only other team to do that was Baritz. Of course, Saracens and a few more have gotten 28, but 29 points. It uh, would be six wins and and five bonus points if they beat Benetton away next weekend. Um, Connacht Connacht had a great start, seven 0 up inside minutes. Um, went twenty one seven down and just Toulouse just probably had enough to beat them. Toulouse finished the game with uh, with thirteen men, or fourteen men. It should have been thirteen. Um, but there was so much injury time played that one of the St. was able to come back on. Um, Andy Friend was just talking about how, how disappointed he is Like he's sick of getting these results where they come close and they have chances and they make mistakes and everyone kind of lets them away with it because it's Connex and they're learning from it all the time but he's gone past that stage he's, he's, he said in the paper there and in his uh, post-match interviews that like they need to be converting these chances and winning games and he's probably right
2: yeah, there's only so long. I mean, good performance or promise, good performances are promising for a while, but you need the results to back them up after yeah. a certain Yeah, and even, don't even
0: you? take those last 10 minutes of that game, Connacht or Studio's they had so many chances, and then it was knock-ons, and there was misses and mistakes, and just, just like I said, not, just not, know, not good enough for Once Conacher.
2: they can start to get a few, like when the performances are there, and you start to get a few results, it, it becomes a mental thing. Like right now, it's probably a bit of a mental block with these clouds lads. That yeah, just, I don't know. You just you know you become used to coming off the pitch disappointed really.
0: Yeah, but they went in like uh, was it the last their last fifteen home games in all competitions they'd won. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe not. Or in European, sorry, the last fifteen oh, home okay. games in European competition. So between Heineken Cup and Challenge. Yeah. You know, so it's a very difficult place to go. Just you know. Um, I suppose the last the last of the Irish teams in action was uh, was Ulster who lost to Claremont. Disappointed to lose, um, but they're in pole position to be one of the best runners up. Um, can still win the group if Claremont lose this weekend. Um, Ulster courts are at home to Bath, um, and a win will see them qualify at the very least as one of the best runners up. Um, we've spoken about it last week, but the, the big battle is probably in the Irish setup this year is between Cooney and, and Murray, or the most spoken about battle Murray not doing himself any favours really not just not hitting the heights of where he was a few um, a few years back I
1: see uh, three Irish teams lost there over the weekend does that kind of show the state of Irish rugby at the moment mm, I don't know not really it's an unfair reflection
0: yeah yeah club is it's it's different I mean like the weekend before you Leinster and Ulster both winning like even Ulster topping their group until this weekend Munster still having a chance I don't know it's not, it's not really it's not really a fair reflection there's injuries and stuff there as well and you just don't know to
2: go back to your previous question I think Cooney has to be edging Murray right now for the uh, yeah. starting spot in the Six Nations coming up Yeah, I can't which argue obviously that. has to be the, the target for him
0: I can't argue with that I think you're probably I right
2: Murray is the one right now with the work to do to get back into that starting 15 yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting yeah that's all we're kind of coming into that six nations almost preview period at this stage like where yeah. players are going to start looking at whether they're going to be starting for their countries and
0: well, we're, only what? we're only what three four weeks three out four from, weeks out yeah. from six nations like if one more weekend of finding cup action uh, next weekend where again conox can probably rest some players and give some players some experience at that level because they're out um leinster have to win in benetton um I suppose the talking point at Leinster is, is Max Deegan Max Deegan is playing number eight, and everyone says he's not big enough for number eight. Playing out of his skin was man of the match the weekend against Leon. Um, he's got to be pushing for a start. Yeah, it's, in, it's hard to fault him right nations now. Nations as well, you know. Um, Ulster and Bat of course. Yeah, it looks there's there's, there's loads there. It's big weekend, and then everyone kind of forgets about the Heineken Cup for a few months and gets back into international and six the international, nations international world then
2: when six nations is on so
0: pretty good um in other news um the 10k road world record was broken
2: yeah i'm definitely going to pronounce his name wrong here ronex capruto uh yeah broke the previous world record by 14 seconds in valencia but what kind of made this one notable was in the process obviously they clocked their times mm. at various stages throughout the race at the halfway point he had broken the 5k road world record so to break it to break the 5k world record and then have another 5k to go is just
0: it's absurd which which is faster i don't know can we can we check it up there which is faster is it road or track which is i uh, would assume track um we'll we'll have a look at that there but that's like we've seen now in the last month or six weeks or so The marathon world record being broken and 10k and 5k by the sounds of things. So...
1: The drugs do work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. That may be a whole other podcast on its own, but... but Yeah, I
2: just checked there. The the track is faster. By far. By how? Seven seconds now. I was 21 up until the other day. Okay. Is
0: that 5,000 or 10,000? 10k. 10k.
2: So, So, yeah. Track was bound to be faster. It's bound to be more More uniform. Yeah, yeah. That would be the word.
0: Very good. Um, In golf news, uh, Graham McDowell shot a six under final round at the Sony Open to finish fourth and two shots off the lead, while Shane Lowry um, finished second in Hong Kong. So, some of the Irish coming into some early season form. Um, McElroy's back in action next weekend, and all the big boys will be trying to get some points on the board early in, in the money list so they can build up the form for uh, the first major of the year in April in um, Augusta um, it's playoff time in the NFL where uh, we spoke about the New England Patriots going out of the competition last week and Brady maybe retiring maybe moving on maybe not Um, one of the funniest stories from the weekend was uh his star receiver a new england star receiver julian edelman was arrested in california out on a an end of season tear yeah i heard about uh, that jumping up and down in the bonnet of the car arrested for uh, disturbing the peace we call it here i suppose and that's cr- fair and, and then criminal damage i suppose he'll be done for. so um
2: someone will be compensated with a nice new car i suppose yeah, yeah. sure that's tame enough when you think about it sure we've seen worse you have to, to be guessed. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean end of season do I mean how many times have we seen lads get up to stupid stuff on those I mean we'll see far worse than some lad getting drunk and jumping on the bonnet of a car so
0: yeah, I'd say, if I'd say
2: a slap on the wrist and he'll be gone
0: that's I reckon one. the executives from, uh, from Stryker are probably wishing that's all that happened to their one <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there no, we won't go into that um Baltimore Ravens who are, of course the favorites to win out the uh, to win the Super Bowl were were beaten by Tennessee Titans 195 rushing yards by Derrick Henry the man's an animal yeah it's insane absolute beast um, I don't think anyone gave the Titans a chance but of course the Titans now have beaten New England and Baltimore on the way to a um AFC divisional final with the with the Kansas City Chiefs Kansas City Chiefs broke every record known to man in the playoffs last night 24-0 down after the first quarter wow they won 51-31 yeah um, Patrick Mahomes the first quarterback to score four touchdowns in a in a quarter or to throw for four touchdowns in a quarter um, some incredible play Travis Kelsey had three touchdown receptions um, difficult to see who's going to beat Kansas City but course, right off Tennessee Titans at your pearl.
2: Yeah, it seems that way. Be an interesting game there Sunday evening.
0: Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it now. Um, Green Bay and San Francisco will make up the NFC divisional final after wins over Seattle and Minnesota. Um, with all the drama on the other side of the of the draw, this was kind of as easy as it possibly could have been. Um, Green Bay looked in control the whole time, winning 28-24. Um, which kind of flattered Seattle a little bit San Francisco uh, just well on top against Minnesota and never in any trouble you know yeah
2: 2017
0: um, in the end was it yeah so, Um, in the NBA just you know the one, the one thing that stood out to me in the NBA is the Lakers beat Oklahoma now ordinarily that wouldn't be a, a huge result Oklahoma not going all that great but uh, without Anthony Davis and LeBron James so, um, Big result there The one thing that Everyone keeps saying Is that if one of those Gets injured That the Lakers Are in serious trouble But
2: Yeah and Anthony uh, Davis MRI came back clear Didn't it Yeah, so he, yeah won't, just, he won't be out long term They're just resting
0: him And LeBron yeah. was sick So um, Yeah just Good for the Lakers And I think we're we're Turning into a bit of A, a Lakers fan club On top of On top of a Liverpool Fan club here So Small little bit So nice to see Nice to see Um pretty much it we'll have a lot more nba coming up on in the future weeks with the the trade deadline approaching and see coming into into playoff time the end of um it's it exciting yeah it's, it gets exciting. Yeah, it's, it's all uh, about the playoffs it's pretty much matter of fact up to now yeah um in darts warren won became the oldest ever darts world champion at 57 years of age um i watched some of this last night it's um we gave the we gave the video a bad rap last week for their talent and for their behaviour and for their, their management but like the darts were better than I expected two Welsh guys in the final Um, I think it was 7-4 for a finish over over Jim Williams Um, yeah. just it, it's not as good as the PDC it doesn't have no. the same it doesn't have the same bells and whistles as the PDC does with Sky Sports so look it is what it is 57 year old wins they were talking about both finalists are probably going to um, go on to the qualifying tour for the PDC now
2: well, that's I mean. the way it goes whenever they get successful in the BDO they look to move to the PDC it's nearly a breeding ground now for
0: 57 years of age and moving winning
2: his first title well, darts isn't a heavily athletic sport though is it
0: no but I mean
2: how old was Dennis Priestley still making world finals at yeah even I mean, after I mean, he had even John Parrott surgery one of, on John his eyes John at 54 John Parrott um, as well yeah, yeah.
0: but obviously
2: phil taylor making a comeback in the uk open this year as well taylor
0: felt like he was too old at what 55 56 and and retired you know so maybe this will force his hand again to come back and
2: maybe uh still i don't know i just can't get excited about the bdo i find it very difficult i find it a chore to watch even if i'm clicking through the channels and it comes on i watch it for two minutes and then i'm like no this is
0: it just it even sounds different it does it does the darts sound different going into the board which for some strange reason really annoys me
2: I guess yeah I actually know what you mean even though it doesn't make any sense no. I completely understand but I don't know I'd find, if I'm watching it for five minutes Um Is that double say the tape joy <laughs> dropped it. this yeah that's it <laughs> uh, if I'm watching it for five minutes I'll be, I'll be like oh these guys aren't much better at darts
0: than I am Yeah. and then I'll just change the channel and that's well, it well that's like that's taken it a bit far but I know what you mean and I'm not great that. either like <laughs> um in the last of our sports news, I suppose it's um, it's a big weekend of um m a mma action, with uh, Conor McGregor fighting the Cowboy Sorone. Um, big weekend for McGregor. I mean, he's been quieter than normal in the build up to this fight. Um,
2: that wouldn't be hard. Yeah, but like, has he turned a corner? I don't do, know. I don't think he can get louder than normal.
0: Oh, but I mean, like. It's, it's as if he's not fighting at all that's how quiet he's been he's done bit. a couple of interviews um, actually Cerrone has been has been much more um, much louder than him in the build up and coming out and saying a few things and you know threatening McGregor that if he talks about his kid or his grandmother or his parents or whatever that you know he'll kill him blah 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 but McGregor's staying quiet he's kind of concentrating
2: but McGregor needs to win it really
0: Coach John Kavanagh says he's um, he's in the best shape of his life be interested to see he's still hoping to fight three or four times this year. So, um, yeah, I think McGregor will win
2: it. So do I, and I'm sure if he does, we're going to hear a lot more from McGregor coming up to his, uh, say, his next fight and the fight after. I hope not. I hope uh, not. Yeah, I, I think I doubt it though. Like,
0: oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think it's just McGregor needs. He to
2: won't allow himself to be too far away from the headlines.
0: No, but like, what what have you heard? Like none of us other than
2: the, the weight gain for the most part that's been the main thing we've been hearing yeah, about is how much weight he's put on for it
0: yeah but he was, he was saying that like he's only walking around right now in the week in the lead up to the fight at 162, 163 yeah so he's already 7 pounds below the weight limit which means he can do what he wants this week Um, and Cerrone is probably a bit, about the same they've both fought at 155 this, is, this fight's at 170 yeah Cerrone would be a more of a 170 fighter whereas McGregor would be seen as a, a 145 155 there is two times oh yeah definitely it. It's where
2: we've seen him for his whole career really
0: so um, yeah interesting to see have To find someone to watch that on uh, on Saturday night and
2: I assume that'll be the wee hours of
0: so- Sunday morning by the time it's on yeah yeah and we'll probably have a couple of headlines from that to, to speak about next week um that's all of our, our sports headlines for this week. We're moving on to our, our trip down memory lane. And, uh, Joel, what's, uh, what's your topic this week? Uh, it, it's not so much a topic
2: this week as a, a, just a person, uh, probably one of my favourite footballers of all time, uh, Sir Stanley Matthews. Obviously, Sir Stanley Matthews he was the first man to be knighted for services to football and still the only man to be knighted for it while still playing. I'll give you some idea of why he's up there as probably my favourite footballer of all time. Go favourite non Liverpool footballer of all time. Right, okay. Um but well, yeah, he was he started his career playing for Stoke, age seventeen, back in nineteen thirty two. Um he got drafted to the when World War Two started obviously in thirty nine and served in the Royal Air Force between the ages of twenty four and thirty. Uh, still played a lot of um, wartime football, which was a lot less organised. It was more you played for whoever was near, wherever you were stationed. I know he played for Arsenal for a while. Um, so did Bill Shankly, actually, at the same time. So yeah. Probably the best Arsenal team they've had. Uh, um, so, yeah, he played at the uh, the Burnden Park disaster as well, actually, which um, there was similar to the likes of Hillsborough and some other footballing tragedies where it's just been too many people have been let into the one area. It was thirty-three people killed. Uh, he played at that. But his dream was always to um, to win the FA Cup. So obviously, going back to he went back to play for Stoke again after World War Two ended, um, and he he promised his father on his father's deathbed that he, he'd win the FA Cup and he'd look after his mother. Now he le- he went to Blackpool then, and he lost two FA Cup finals. 1948 and 51, until he finally won one in um, 1953, I think it was, at the uh, the Matthews Final, as it's called. Even though Stan Mortensen got a hat trick, and poor man doesn't get a mention when it comes to the 53
0: Cup Final. 21 years after. After his debut, years.
2: yeah. So he was 38 at this stage. Jesus. 38 when his first FA Cup, and he had won the actually the first Football Writers' Player of the Year, uh, five yeah. years previous. So. Definitely a bit of a late bloomer, all right, Sir Stanley was. But, um, yeah, won the FA Cup in 1953, and then he went on to win the first Ballon d'Or in 1956. So at that point, he would have been... How old would he have been? 41. Jeez. 41, he won the first ever Ballon d'Or.
0: At 41 years old. Yeah, he edge. beat While the... Why are like, paying for Stoke?
2: He would have been at Blackpool still, I think. Oh, Blackpool. Um, yeah. Still. And he yeah, he beat the likes of De Stefano and Pushgas
0: and Can you imagine how that would be taken nowadays? That'd be like madness. Someone playing for Blackpool or Stoke was to win the Ballon d'Or like like that's just Absolute mad- madness. Mental.
2: At the age of forty one well. And he played on the right wing for his whole career. He didn't yeah, but didn't move to centre midfield, he
0: didn't slow down. But Messi will probably win one at forty one as well, so that might be overtaken.
2: Oh yeah, but it wasn't the first one, <laughs> was it? <laughs> Um, but yeah I mean even FA Cup semi-final I think he played against Chelsea at the age of 47 and he won man of the match on the right wing Jesus I've seen some pictures of it I don't think there's any actual video footage but uh, you can see and he's pretty much bald there's wisps of hair as he's skinning the fullback Someone. down the right wing um, but after that he moved back to Stoke in 1961 at the age of 46 I mean we were talking about Tom Brady being too old to play at 42 this man was playing on the right wing at 46 um yeah, he continued to play there for another four years until he played his last league game at the age of fifty years and five days old. And um, when he was he was asked when he came off the pitch, he was like, Oh, how do you feel? And he was like, I thought I could have played a couple more years to be honest. <laughs> his plan was to play until fifty two but he said his legs just couldn't handle it anymore. But uh, That's
0: I'm yeah. going. Fifty years of age on the right wing. Outrageous. Yeah. Please, I
2: couldn't do it now when I'm twenty four.
0: Like they're they're saying thirty three and thirty four year olds are too old for it nowadays. Exactly,
2: no. yeah but uh, yeah so they had a testimonial then from they had an international 11 against an English 11 and uh, like the names is just ridiculous like for the international 11 the likes of Eusebio De Stefano Pushkas all came out Uh, John Charles um, Hento and Coppa as well from that Real Madrid team that were winning everything and then on the English team you had Bobby Moore um, Dennis Law um, Roger Hunt Bobby Charlton Jimmy Greaves all came out like he was carried off On the shoulders of, I think it was Pushkas and Lev Yashin, or two of the uh, like. I mean, you've seen the goalkeepers award, the Ballon d'Or is named after Yashin, and the Goal of the Year award is named after Pushkas. Like, and they carried him off.
0: Yeah, it it just shows the esteem he was held in by his peers at the time. Oh,
2: remarkable! Like, I mean, he's probably one of the most respected footballers of all time, and you can see why. Um, Even after he retired, he he went into management. He managed Port Vale for three years, with uh, no success, to be honest but then he went, to, he went to South Africa and he had a schoolboys team and they were called Stan's Men right. and they always dreamed of playing in Brazil these young fellas and that was what they had dreamed of and he managed to get sponsorship from Coca-Cola and he organised a trip to Brazil where they even got to meet uh, Zico obviously Zico was huge and um, it turns out they were the first all black team to tour outside of South Africa the very first team yeah so then he um, eventually retired and went back to live out his days in Northern England and in I think it was the year 2000 he died and his ashes are under the Britannia Stadium Stoke City's home ground and there was over 100,000 people came out to pay his respects so I'm going and I think that was that's about the same amount of people who went to see the Pope there last year
1: when he came to Ireland. <laughs> Biggest crowd ever at the Britannia
2: Stadium. Oh, by a mile, I'd say. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've just has to go down as one of the greatest footballers of all time. Yeah. Even though he
0: probably isn't one that gets the headlines. It's a it's a more heartwarming story than your uh, your Ali Gia tale. Yeah, the last, it's the it's last more
2: k- more of a tale of actual respect and this man's achievements than yeah. the usual
0: oddities and. Yeah, to be held like at any stage in your life to be held in that high esteem by like your peers and then fans alike is just incredible
2: yeah and especially this is i mean if he died in 2000 like there wasn't a lot of people there would have seen him play
0: yeah very good so just
2: the fact that these stories had been carried down from obviously the older people of Mm. of stoke and blackpool that he was still held in such high regard it's just brilliant definitely warranted a mention every day's a school day every day's a school day so thanks that's for that, Joe the, that's the story of Sir Stanley Matthews
0: thanks Joe anytime guys we move on it is the hardest quiz section in world sport it is bamboozled is <laughs> that time already it is it is Dylan how are we fixed today what have you got for us today kid? well
1: men uh, we have a quiz for you I suppose Uh no, right, of course
0: no. Joe is the Joe the reigning champion undefeated actor. Yeah, after, Joe... After Joe, beating me last week.
1: Joe won 2-1 last week, so... Pressure's on. No, James. So you can... We, uh, yeah,
0: I need to, get, need to get back a little bit of pride this week. need to get one on the board. Yeah, so you can get
1: a few pints on the board now, James. Uh, right, so... Uh, we've teamed this quiz, so... It's kind of soccer jersey sponsors. So, like, Joe... You know, Liverpool and Carlsberg <sighs> and... Oh, Arsenal and JVC, Joe. You know, okay, there's going to be some obscure ones this
0: like there. Like, I mean... I'm beginning to see a little bit of a, uh, you know favouritism going on here seeing as that's like Joe's bread and butter but anyway go on we'll give it a go
1: I don't know you're older than me you'd have seen more jerseys <laughs> yeah you only admitted to having an obsession with jerseys there ain't so much go
0: on anyway go on go on go on
1: can make up your own questions next <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, can you get any of those answers <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> as a, as last week's winner, Joel, the two go first again.
1: Same as last week. Yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> uh, youngest first. Um, right, so, Joel. Yes. Uh, a nice handy one to start you off. Um, in the nineteen ninety-eight ninety-nine season, Manchester United became the first English side to win the treble: League, FA Cup, and Champions League. Incorrect. 1984 Liverpool won the treble but go on an incorrect who was who was the United short sponsor that season Sharp go on Joe point to Joe uh, James yes uh, yes boss Liverpool last won the league in 1989 90 season right who was their short sponsor Candy it was Candy come on James one apiece <coughs> this is where Still in the game Still in the game Starts to get a little awkward here now uh, So Joe Atletico Madrid Had 16 different logos Displayed in their jersey During the 03-04 season Can you tell me why 16 different Different logos So different Different sponsors Across the, the, the season Like throughout the season Or throughout all at the, the one season, time Throughout the season
2: 2003-4, let it go.
1: Torres would have been written at the time.
2: Uh, yeah, he'd have been probably making his debut maybe. to,
1: oh. going to put I you under I pressure. Don't, I job. don't know, but
2: I'm going to have to make a guess. Um, did 15 of the companies go bankrupt?
1: No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that season they were sponsored by uh, the movie company Columbia Pictures. And every time there's a new Different movie movies. release, they, they ah. word it all would happen. Jeez, that's wow. interesting, though. No? Yeah,
0: thanks. Mm, that's a good question. I like that yeah, one. It was good, I yeah, was
1: good, yeah. I enjoy that one. But th- no no <laughs> points for that, though, Job. That's still. I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> mad, <then. laughs> Uh So, James, in 2004, we seen the first ever name to appear on a Barcelona shirt. But what was it? 2004.
0: When did they start their their charity sponsors?
1: Oh, I
0: can't think of name of it, but it was a charity. I just can't remember. It was a charity,
1: do you want to guess? I I can see it but I can't say it. No, I'm wrong. So it was the charity UNICEF. That's one. Was it two thousand four? Yeah. It was unique. Uh Barcelona paid UNICEF one point five million uh to display to display it on the jersey. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. I thought it was
1: later than that. So did I, yeah. actually, to be quite honest with you, I thought it was later, but it's 1,004 according to the internet. Uh, the so internet no doesn't lie, does it? No pints. Uh, Fake news. Ah, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, final round, uh, you're a pint apiece at the moment. Um, so, Joe, uh, from the 1992 to 2000 seasons, Tika famously sponsored Real Madrid. How many Champions Leagues did they win with Tika as the sponsor? two. Go on Joe, two indeed. Yeah, 98 and 2000. Exactly. Fair play to you. Uh, Right, final question, James. This is to equalise. In what year did a rule change allow English Premier League clubs sleeve sponsorships?
2: Oh, that is a saucy question.
0: pressure for time now, 2016
1: 2017 oh,
0: unlucky James no points unlucky I take another kick in the head <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just have to ask Dylan Congratulations. Congratulations. thanks very much great day great day for the,
0: family, the, for the family the family and the parish <laughs> um, <laughs> currently unbeaten and James is bamboozled again
2: how did you happen across that Atletico Madrid one
1: so as a child I would have been a, an old fan of the old soccer the used Same. To yeah. Used to collect uh, match magazines. Yeah. And that was it. Was it was in one of those that back in? Nice. W- it must have been that season, whatever. Se- that's that's season a good one. Yeah. One, oh, or magazine. four. Yeah. It was back then. That's I just remembered it. They, they had Spider-Man I think, at some stage. Oh yeah. there's a few different. I definitely have
0: to get one of them. Uh, there was a few different ones. Yeah, that'd, that'd go well in your collection. Now. Wouldn't it, yeah. That'd, that'd probably be a collection of its own. Those. Going to have to hunt yeah, one of jerseys. Yeah,
1: we'll I came across a picture that had all sixteen jerseys on it, and it looks looks saucy enough, but. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Very good.
0: They're they're enjoyable questions. No matter they're how, ma- no matter they're whether good. I get them wrong or not, I still enjoy them.
1: Good. Yeah, we might have an LGA teamed one next week. Let's hope not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: moving on to our last segment of the podcast, which is as always, take five, where you, the listener, get to uh, pitch your wits against uh, myself, Joe, and Dylan in our five matches of the week. Um, this week's matches uh, are as follows first one is uh, Boris Lee versus Ballyhale Shamrocks in the club hurling final, what have we gone for there lads?
1: Uh, so yeah, uh, should be a good game uh, Boris and Ballyhale um, I've gone 219 to 120 in favour of Boris um, I just feel like Boris are going to need to get those two goals to, to get the victory Um, in Crow Park on Sunday so um, hopefully Devaney or one of the boys one of the Kennys will be able to put a few goals past Ballyhale. Hale
2: yeah very very similar scoreline actually I've gone for a Boris win Uh,
1: 219 to 315 though you've no confidence in sticks and the goals
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, I've also gone for a Boris win just to uh to kind of stick with the, the theme here and the, the favouritism in the office. Um one twenty one to two seventeen for for me, uh Boris to beat Bally Hill by a point. Uh, our second game of the week is Liverpool versus Manchester United. Joe
2: Uh yeah, I mean we spoke about it earlier. I think United are dangerous, but I do think Klopp is gonna outwit Solskjaer on this one, and Liverpool are going to run out of this one. Four nil winners.
1: Uh suppose just like I have great co- confidence in Boris Lee, uh, I've little confidence in United. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go two-one United wishful thinking, and just to be different.
0: I'm actually going for a six-nil Liverpool Jesus. win. Jesus. Yeah, I think Liverpool have a point to prove against United this weekend.
2: Uh, yeah, that's why I went four-nil. I thought I was being emphatic enough. Yeah, but had to um, show me up.
0: I think if they if they get out in front with a couple of goals, they'll um they'll put the put the foot down and and take off
1: I don't disagree with you at all (laughs) Uh,
0: our third game of the week is a Heining Cup fixture between Benetton Treviso and uh, Leinster Benetton at home Uh, Leinster needing a victory to guarantee a home seed and uh, obviously a bonus point victory will guarantee Leinster home quarterfinal and home semi-final if they were to get through Uh, what have you gone for here lads?
1: Uh, I've gone for uh, Leinster victory Uh, so 24-11 yeah,
2: Benetton, bottom of the
1: group, Leinster
2: won Leinster 5 of 5 so far in the group, so I'm going 37-12 to
0: Leinster. Yeah, I've gone a little bit more in than that, 46-17 to Leinster. Yeah,
2: I think they're going to run away with it fairly comfortably.
0: Yeah, Le- Leinster just been so good, and they've got so many players. They could rest half their side and, and still win by that much. Um, divisional NFL football, Green Bay versus San Francisco. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being the, the one of the stories of the season leading San Francisco to, to the divisional final Aaron Rodgers back in the divisional final again for Green Bay all the experience he brings Um, I myself am going to go for a Green Bay win uh, probably 27 to 22 what would you guys
2: yeah I've gone for a San Francisco win 32-28
1: yeah uh, I have relations in San Francisco so I can't go against them really Uh twenty-seven fourteen to San Francisco
0: very good and uh, our last one of the week is uh, a little bit left field um, Conor McGregor versus the C- Donald the Cowboy i um, and going for a McGregor win uh, knockout in the first round um, just think he's a point to prove um Sarwani so just not going to be good enough for him there. What about you?
2: I agree. I've just gone for a knockout in the second round instead. Still McGregor to win, though.
1: And sure, I'll take the third round. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fairly good. unanimous on that front. If you would like to take part in our Take 5 competition, uh, go on to our social media or contact us on our email address. I'll give you the details there in a second. With your scorelines and... The person with the all the correct results will win a sideline cut beanie hat. Um, our social media handles are at sideline underscore cut on Twitter and Instagram and at the sideline cut on Facebook. And you can also get us on sport at the sideline cut on email. Um, that's pretty much it for today. Um, if you like the podcast, uh, please tell all your friends if you want to follow us on all of our social media and tell us what you like what you don't like ask us any questions and just um, yeah and if
1: you have any questions for the old bamboozled uh, just in the subject write Dylan or write bamboozled on him so the eyes don't open and see the answer (laughs) yeah Uh,
2: likewise um, if you have any mystery topics you'd like me to discuss give me a shout and I'll uh, do some research
0: All right. Uh, thanks for listening and goodbye cheers thanks very much thank you (music) Thank <music> you.